Thanks for downloading and welcome to Take Orally, the podcast from Dream Queen's Medical Centre, Nottingham. This episode is a live recording of an unblinding research session on types of trial. As ever, all information is correct at the time of recording. Any guidelines mentioned are correct for Nottingham University Hospital's NHS Trust. Other trust guidelines may vary. All views and opinions are the speaker's own. Dream has no financial involvement at all with Maynard's Wine Gums, although if you are a sweet company you'd like to sponsor us, we are willing to listen. Right then. So hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello. Marvellous. Hello. So we're going to... There's a lot of group work in this session and a lot of sweets. Um... Here at Dream, we have no financial involvement in Maynard's wine gums. Uh, I want to make that clear now at the beginning. Uh, Other wine gums are available. Uh, So in this session, we're going to be looking at types of trial. Uh, Once again, this is a nice, friendly atmosphere. Everybody is free to talk. uh, And feel free to put your hand up if you have a question. Uh, Previous sessions, just a quick run through. As I said, we've got a lot to cover today. First session, we looked at uh, an introduction to research and audit in the clinical and uh, quality improvement projects. We then had a look at how we formulate a research question using PICO and how, about how we go about getting funding for our research. Uh, and then last time, we looked at ethics, which is a tale of two cities. We talked about Nuremberg. We talked about Helsinki. The worst of times, some horrible um, studies in the past, mostly involving syphilis. Uh, and then we had a look about one of our consent forms from today, the best of times. And we talked about how the only way is ethics. Was, there we go. <laughs> I like a good pun. So we've got a lot to cover today, going through lots of different uh, study methodologies. We're going to talk about some of the strengths and weaknesses of those, uh, differences between observational and interventional studies, and also talk about why randomised controlled trials are the gold standard. So in your groups... I've got some uh, sweet-based scenarios. So you guys have agreed to take on two. There's your one, guys. There's your one, guys. Okay. And here's your one. So I'd like to thank Lucy. She wrote these scenarios. So thank you very much, Lucy. So I'd like you to do in your groups is look at that scenario and plan what trial you would do. This is your scenario, this is what you're interested in. Plan your trial, how you would do it. Okay, how long it would take. Right then guys, so, scenario number one. Bear in mind, these are written by Lucy. This is not a gross generalizer. These are written by Lucy, not me. Research nurses like sweets. You want to see the impact of eating sweets on the dental health of new research nurses. So what did you come up with, guys? So we are going to do an observational study. Okay. Um, and we're going to look at the development of cavities in nurses, in research nurses, over time. Okay. And how much time did you think? Um, a year. A year. Okay. And what did you think about any strengths or weaknesses to that so study? The strengths of that is obviously it's observational, so it's not going to cost us anything. Good, yeah. Um, However, because it's over a year, you might get research nurses dropping out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does anybody want to make any comments on that? No? Okay. Excellent. So you've mentioned observational. I had down longitudinal, but observational is a type of a longitudinal study. Absolutely. So 
longitudinal study, emphasis on the long, can be years, can be decades in some cases, studying, um, uh, so cohort study is a type of longitudinal study, but you're trying to observe, you know, you don't, uh, um, you don't influence any particular variables, you're observing uh, what's going on. So in this case, you've got in some new research nurses, you want to see what happens over the first year of their time, what happens to their dental health. Excellent. Uh, so, number two, you want to investigate the dental health of nurses across different departments within the trust and the factors behind it. Um, because you're going to look at different, we're going to look at different groups of nurses and look at their development, um, watch how they use weeks and see what factors. Okay. So that is a cohort study. Marvellous. And what is a cohort? Yeah, so it's a group, of, it's a part population with a particular characteristic. Okay, so in this case, nurses. Absolutely. A cohort study is a type of longitudinal study as well. Absolutely. And... Um, it's again about having a look at a particular uh, demographic and you're seeing a, um, with a particular characteristic and then seeing what happens to their health and looking at the factors behind it and what might be influencing their health. Absolutely. Well done. They're holding hands. It's romantic. It's not arguing. I thought this was a romantic scene. <laughs> I thought it was romantic and nice and friendly, but if, they can be fighting. What a cohort versus another, if you want. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> I was once told that unless you, if you don't argue, you don't really love each other. So, you know. Uh, so, uh, group three. Uh, you believe that changing research nurses' snacks to fruit rather than their usual sweets will improve their dental health? Uh, okay, so we decided to go for an RCT. Uh, we will have our... You've jumped right in <laughs> to the end of my talk. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, very uh, we will uh, randomise our nurses into groups. Uh, first, uh, group will have... Uh, Fruits, yeah, they will stay on the regular stacks. Yeah. And the study will run for five years, probably five years. Wow, okay, yeah. Outcome. And we have a patient that orients outcome, a filling and tooth gloss. We will blind our um, dentist. And <laughs> Is that wise? <laughs> <laughs> I've got this image of some blindfolded dentists. No, no, not really. And, and uh, we will blind the um, assessors. So I think what we said was um, we'd think like for a time frame without the dentist about how rapidly you expect things to come. Yeah. We want we'd ask PPI group to make sure we've got the right outcome, but what's something that's easily measurable. Yeah. It matters to a patient because being told I've got a couple of holes in my teeth that don't bother me is nerve, but losing my teeth might be more. Yeah. Um, and then you can't blind the people who are taking part in the study, so they're reading three or four tweets. But we could get a dent out, maybe the dentist, a tame dentist, who does all the same assessments. We wouldn't know what the nurse Who's had what, yeah. So that makes them blind and also send the data to, from the de dentist to someone who's nowhere near any of these people, so blind to the data entry. You know, that's what's happening. 
So, I mean, you've, you've kind of jumped right at the end of my talk, but it was supposed to be interventional. Because it's the idea of, yes, it is interventional, but you've also then added in the element of randomized control. Uh, it's the difference between an observational, I am not changing anything about my subject's life, etc., and just watching, versus interventional, I'm changing one aspect, one variable, and then we're seeing what that does. Okay, in your case, putting in some snacks, uh, changing the snacks to apples, for example, and seeing if that uh, prevents tooth loss. Excellent, thank you guys. Uh, group four, you want to know about the snack choices of research nurses in a department and what influences them? Um, yep. One of our options was a survey slash questionnaire. Um, we thought a mixed qualitative and quantitative um, questionnaire, um, having, say, a set number of snacks, they choose which is their favourite, and then the qualitative bit, ask them um, what influenced your decision. Mm -hmm. We thought that could be a little bit limited because um, if you've only got a certain amount of um, snacks to choose from, yep. that could not be their favourite snack. So we also had a different idea of um, having five plates with different snacks on them. Um, one person at a time comes in, they choose their favourite snack from the five, um, they're free to eat it. We're quite nice like that. And then, Are they aware that they're being observed while yes, this is okay? Yes. Okay. Um, and then you just ask them, why did you pick this snack? Why is that one your favourite of the five? Um, we then had another idea. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, this is what food companies do quite often. Yep. Um, so it is a single blinded randomised trial. So um, they get two sweets, which are kind of similar, are they kind of similar? Um, so you're kind of in a blinded room, so you don't have any light, you can't see the sweets or smell them, I don't know how to do that. Um, but um, you ask them which of the two is your favourite, and they tell you why or why not, sweet snack, and their opinion. So those were our three... Excellent. Well done. Yeah. Good, okay. So that's an example of a case study. So not the same as a case report, which we use clinically where we talk about one particular story of a patient and what we can learn from it. In a case study, you've got a particular narrow uh, window what you're looking at, but you look at it in a great deal of depth. So in this one would be the reasons why nurses make the snack choices that they make. And you're right, companies do use that a lot to want to know about why do you choose this particular food? Why do you not buy my car and buy that car, etc. And there's a lot of different ways you can look at that, surveys, interviews, it's a big lot of social study methods are in that. And part of that interview process is part of my dissertation for my master's. So looking at a social phenomenon and the, the reasons behind it. Absolutely. But as I said, it's a relatively small group that you look at, but you look at it in a great deal of depth. And it can be a, a, um, lots of different ways of looking at that. 
Excellent. And then finally, group five. Again, Lucy wrote this. <laughs> Professor Haribo has published a new diagnostic blood test to tell nurses how likely they are to get obese from eating sweets. It is believed that it can predict if a nurse should eat sweets by scoring if you're likely to get obese by eating sweets or if you're less likely to get obese. <laughs> Traditionally, we've used diet plans to predict obesity from eating sweets. Uh, you want to investigate this new test. What did you think, guys? <laughs> we had a little trouble to start with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's diagnostic accuracy, so it's working out the sensitivity and did you have any problems seeing with this method of, of trial? Was there any problems with it? There's lots of other things that they could eat that make them obese. Yeah. And lots of other factors as well, like lifestyle, yeah. health conditions, yeah. age, sex. So we'll talk more in a future session about sensitivity and specificity. But this in the diagnostic accuracy test is about looking at the number of true positives we have, which is our sensitivity, and our true negatives, our specificity. Okay, and you, uh, you want to have what's known as the index test. That's our new test that we're studying, and we want to have that against our reference, which are standards, which in this case is our diet plan, and to see which is the, the best at predicting uh, whether or not you become obese. But like you said, there's a lot of other things that can influence this. And a classic example of a test with really good sensitivity but rubbish specificity is our D-dimer test, which causes nightmares for all of us if it's not properly used, and so that's useful. Excellent. Well done, guys. Excellent. Thank you, Lucy, for those scenarios. Right then. So um, we've already kind of jumped the gun a little bit talking about randomized control trials. It's almost as if uh, Simon shares an office with me and knows what's in this talk. <laughs> uh, so in your two groups, we've now got... So if you guys want to come together, you guys want to come together, we've got one more scenario looking at bias. Okay. Yeah. There's more sweets to come. Okay. So. These are your sweets. There's an A and there's a B. And these are your sweets. There's an A and a B to help you, inspire you. Okay. So you have a theory that Tesco, it, they're, they're co-op, own brand wine gums will improve research nurse productivity compared to Maynard wine gums. You know that research nurses like Maynard's wine gums and so want to design a study to get over this bias. Look, isn't, isn't research amazing when you boil it down to boiled sweets? And Right then, guys, so uh, this team over here, what, uh, what thoughts did you have about designing a randomised control trial to get over the nurse's bias for Maynards? Okay, good question, JT. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's literally the question I wrote down, yeah. <laughs> um, we thought we could have a blinded trial. Yes. Um, so we'd have to compare 
compare similar flavours because not every flavour in one is in the other. So you have to compare right, okay. similar flavour. Yep. Um, so we also have an idea to initially find out why nurses preferred Maynards. Um, maybe they're the only sweets in the shops or as Mark says, nurses get paid a lot of money so they can afford Maynards over own brand. Um, so what we do, we'd remove any labelling. Mark is a nurse, he's allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> remove any labelling from both of the sweets. Have them as a similar shape as yep. well. Yep. Um, I mean, as much as you can, try it. Maybe you could blind the nurses as well, so pop it in their mouth for them so they don't get to have a feel of So, Chris, you, you did it with your eyes closed, didn't you? Could you, even though if you didn't know which was which, could you tell a difference between them? Yes. Okay. So would that, okay. So in what, in, have this one nurse eating both varieties. So if all you ate was one type, yeah. that's the only type you then know. So you're not noticing a difference between two. But if you're used to Maynards, and you know what a Maynard feels like when it's in your mouth. <laughs> that sounded better in my head. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? If you know what a Maynard wine gum feels like, you're like, this isn't, this isn't my normal red Maynard wine gum. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, is it warm in here? Uh, okay, what else, Cecilia? Yep. Okay. Um, it's a pretty easy process, um, and you won't you won't waste paper on envelope randomisation. Yeah. Um, as Malika was saying, um, they would only have one sweet. Sure. One or the other. Okay. Yes. Marvelous. Uh, anything else? No. Okay. Team over here. What did you guys come up with? Yep. Um, and that's obviously quite difficult to measure. <coughs> um, so we looked at making up productivity chart and things, and then, but then we realised that that was done, that was sorted. So yeah. But I think trials before that to make sure that we're doing this correct. So, so what did you define productivity as then? Well, we didn't. We just stopped. The you just stopped it and moved on. Fair enough. Yep. Yeah. Um, but we looked at we looked at things like accruals and whatnot, but obviously there's problems with looking at. Yeah. Like, Sure, sure, sure. Um, and then we would do the same. We looked talked about envelopes for randomisation. Okay. Yeah. Actually, you pick a random black bag with a number on it, which is your sweets. Yeah. So you're our next participant. Here's our next pack. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Them. But then we thought if we had lots of money, what we could do is get the two recipes and get somebody to make them in the same moulds. Right. So they were the same shape. In a dream mould. In a mould. Yeah. Just in a mould. Same recipes. But then we looked, thought about the colour. And if you change the colour so that both colours look the same, then you're potentially changing the recipe. Mm. And plus there are other elements, isn't it? It's not just taste behind why you like eating something. It might be, I like the red and you've taken away my red Maynard sweet or whatever sweet it is, I don't like that. Yeah? yeah? So 
Okay. And you remember when you put a blindfold on before you put the sweet in your mouth, you have to believe that they will put the blindfold on every time you want the sweet. Yeah. There's a lot of trust involved in that, yeah? And uh, did you have any other discussions on blinding or anything else? Yeah. Things like whoever's measuring the productivity yeah. in the database to know what allocation you're in. We took away the kettle and the coffee pot from the office at the same time I started this trial. And as a result, I was having massive caffeine withdrawals. What about that? So that's yeah. yeah, so what can we do to reduce the impact of confounding? That's why you've randomised, so it helps that there's someone in the other group that is also having caffeine withdrawals. Maybe, yeah. Fingers oh, crossed. The <laughs> <laughs> Try not to have too many variables all at the same time. Absolutely. That yeah, well. That's why in research as well, uh, with the co-enrolment in studies, yeah. drug trials will often not allow you to co-enroll with other drug trials. Yes. Because they will have an effect. So be like, we don't want Jamie in this trial because he's on this caffeine withdrawal trial at the yeah. same time. That wouldn't be good. Excellent. So, good. So hopefully you've noticed there are some problems there with blinding as eating a lot of these sweets. So say you had one of these syringes, one's a placebo, one's a drug, and the only difference is the color of the spot, and we don't know which one that is. Otherwise, they are completely the same. So that's very, very easy. But as we discovered when we were studying with Penthrox, uh, that had a particular smell that the placebo didn't have unless you added some Penthrox to the pack. And we've discovered with other placebos that they are just completely different. And to actually make up a placebo that is exactly the same costs far too much money. So there are always limits to this. Excellent. Well done. Right, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, that is the end of our session. Our next session is next month, and we're going to be looking at how clinical guidelines are produced. I think, Megan, you're helping with that one. Yeah. Excellent. Well done. Uh, there'll be a blog about this as well as the podcast at takeorally.com I've also put up a link there to a really good page in the BMJ about uh, uh, diagnostic accuracy tests which explains it in far greater detail than we've gone into today um, and yeah I hope you've enjoyed this session that we've proved that research doesn't have to be a trial it can be sweet and look forward to seeing you all next month thank you very much that was the Take Orally uh, Unblinding Research session on types of trial. Remember, you can find the full blog for this episode, including more information on the different types of trial and links uh, mentioned in the session at uh, takeorally.com. For more information on research and education opportunities within emergency medicine, acute medicine and major trauma, you can also find NUH Dream on both Facebook and Twitter. Take Orally is also on both Facebook and Twitter.